sponsored in part by Eli Lilly and Company. Do you think you might have migraine? Talk to your healthcare professional about your symptoms, the number of days they impact your life, and which treatment options might be best for you. Learn more at thinkmigraine.com and the American Brain Foundation. For over 30 years, the foundation has worked with researchers to discover better treatment, prevention, and cures for brain diseases and disorders. Imagine life without brain disease. Learn more at AmericanBrainFoundation.org. The Epilepsy Foundation leads the fight to overcome the challenges of living with epilepsy and to accelerate therapies, stop seizures, find cures, and save lives. Visit Epilepsy.com to find out how to get involved today. And by Norellis, a leading neuroscience company focused on the development and commercialization of therapeutics for the treatment of epilepsy and other neurologic disorders. The company's unique drug portfolios strive to address unmet needs in patient care. Learn more at Norellis.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Servan, a neurologist who practices at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida. This is what's health got to do with it which looks at where and how healthcare intersects with your life, helping you get the medical answers you want. Coming up, Happy Thanksgiving! We take a deep dive into how Thanksgiving can be good for your health by looking at the health benefits of gratitude. Then, our staff, families, and listeners share what they're grateful for this Thanksgiving holiday. But first, as a doctor, working holidays has simply been part of the job. Of all the holidays I work or have worked, and I've worked all of them, mind you, my personal favorite is Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving weekend. In fact, for years, I volunteered to work the holiday as part of a personal tradition that started when I was assigned the holiday my first year as a resident. You see, there's something unique about a hospital on Thanksgiving, at least something special to me. Patients that find themselves in the hospital on Thanksgiving, from my experience, either are there because they have no choice in the matter, they're sick, or alternatively, there are some that choose to be in the hospital during Thanksgiving just so that they're not alone. Regardless, everyone who's in the hospital during that time is looking for some type of healing, whether physical or mental. As a result, everyone from staff to patients just seems at peace there. Most hospitals have a special Thanksgiving meal for the patients and a free dinner for the working staff. I always note a sense of gratitude, especially among the patients and other staff when I visit them on rounds that day. You can see how much it means to folks that you're sharing a holiday with them and their recovery. At least for that day, the gratitude you sense is therapeutic. This brings up a question. Is gratitude, which is the entire point of Thanksgiving, valuable for your health? The answer is increasingly yes. On this Thanksgiving holiday, we explore the health benefits of gratitude. Joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Christina Carnes. She's an assistant research professor at the Center on Brain Injury Research and Training in the Department of Psychology at the University of Oregon in Eugene, Oregon, and she joins us from Oregon today. Dr. Carnes, welcome to our program. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's so good to have you here. Let's start with the most basic of questions. What is gratitude? That's not the most basic question. That's the hardest question. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, at its most basic level, we feel like we know what gratitude is, right? It's this positive feeling we get in response to something good that someone gives us. But there's a lot packed into that when we really think about it. So gratitude's different than those basic emotions like happiness, sadness, or fear that are more straightforward. Mm -hmm. Gratitude's a complex social and cognitive or, you know, thinking state. We have to recognize that we've received a good thing. That's the first step. And there's a lot packed into that, right? But it's not the last step. 
Um, gratitude means that we recognize that the benefit came because of the goodwill of another person or another social agent, if you will. Right. So there's this whole cascade of thinking and motivation that happens when we're in a grateful state. Once we recognize that beneficial intent and we might feel humble yet motivated to give back in some way, we might express our thanks or want to return the favor or even pay it forward. So gratitude's special in a way. It's among these other uh, special emotions that are more complex, that have a lot of layers to them. That's fascinating. I've never kind of uh, understood it, it with all that nuance. Help me out. Is this different from being optimistic or, for that matter, empathetic with other people? Mm. Yeah, I, I do think it's different. So optimism, I, I would say, is looking for the good in things or maybe being hopeful that good things will happen. So it's a positive orientation toward the good things in life. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're grateful for those things. Um, similarly, empathy, I'd say, is more like recognizing the emotions of someone else. Uh, you're oriented toward caring for that person or toward aligning your own emotions to the positive or negative emotions of that person in order to care and support for them, right? So I'd say there's elements of optimism and elements of empathy in gratitude. Right. I do think there's some overlapping brain circuits that support these states, but gratitude is distinct. That's interesting. One question as I was kind of prepping for our discussion today, um, uh, my, my wife asked me this. Uh, are we born grateful? Um, basically, can a baby be grateful or is there a certain age when gratitude can manifest or be recognized? Mm, that's interesting, too. I wonder what uh, we'd all like to hear and think <laughs> knowing how hard it is to be a, yeah. a parent. Um, well, you know, we can't ask a newborn if if they're grateful or experiencing these these complex things. But what we do know about the emotions of babies as they develop is that those emotions are less distinct. They're less differentiated than the emotions of um, older children or adults. So we certainly know that even a newborn can show those basic emotions, fear, disgust, you know, joy, mm -hmm. anger. Um, they feel those things, but it doesn't seem like they're differentiated to the point that we're getting all that nuance we mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, so they can be, they definitely feel you know, positive. They can feel relaxed and content, um, but they don't have that ability really to see other people as social agents yet. So they don't really know that the caregiver has a mental life of their own. And um, I think that's one of the key things that differentiates gratitude from these other positive emotions and states like optimism is we're really recognizing the intent of that social agent to do to do good for us. Is there a certain, so I, is there a certain age at which you can recognize that is, is or is, mm. is I guess I, I know that's kind of probably tough to th assume there's a cutoff age, but is there a certain age? Well, uh, I, I don't think there's a, a cutoff age, but we do see toddlers behave in a way that suggests they're feeling gratitude. Like if they might um, give a gift back or give a gift in return for something they received those kinds of behaviors, maybe they're like a proto-gratitude, you right, know, a, right. a baby gratitude, if you will, as, as it's beginning to differentiate. Just like babies are learning language by practicing, you know, babbling and, and different nonsense sounds as they're kind of constructing language, maybe they're doing the same thing with emotions and trying out these different behaviors um, to kind of build up that more complex emotional repertoire. So interesting. Um, so let me point in a kind of the opposite end of an age question. So as we age, does this impact gratefulness or are we more likely 
to be grateful as we get older? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So there's a, there are a lot of different ways to measure gratitude. Um, one of those ways is, let's say, a questionnaire, and you can ask people how often they experience gratitude or how important gratitude is in their life. And when we look at those measures, we do see that those things tend to increase as we age. Um, it's tricky in a way because people are self-reporting that. You know, they're they're saying, yes, I feel this amount grateful, but we don't necessarily know if that means the same thing to all people or not. So there's still a lot of interesting questions to ask about how age impacts gratefulness. There are a lot of individual differences as well. So, um, you know, maybe one individual person might be less and less grateful as they age. Mm. Uh, Maybe life's gotten really difficult. Um, Maybe someone else becomes more and more grateful. On average, as people age, they seem to align more with giving back. It's a concept called generativity. Um, you know, what are we leaving to the next generation? What do we want? Um, how do we want to draw meaning from our life? Those things do increase as we age. And I think gratitude is part of that um, array, you know, that that palette of emotions that can that can change and, and get a different color as we age. As someone who always looks more towards those ages, I, I, I'm smiling at the hear that that's the positive side of at least the general sense of it. Let me mm-hmm. flip the switch a little bit. Let's talk about the brain circuit uh, for gratitude. Is there mm-hmm. a place in the brain important for gratitude? Well, absolutely. Um, one thing we want to keep in mind is that when we think about how things are represented in the brain, it's not like we have a region of the brain just for experiencing chocolate or a region of the brain for, um, you know, love or anger. The way the brain is built is it's sort of like a symphony with, you know, different networks, different sections. You've got like the string section and you've got the percussion section and those networks have um, different abilities or experiences when they're online more. So we have the brain as this symphony with different networks that come together, kind of hum together to give us our different thoughts, motivations, and emotions. So there isn't a gratitude area of the brain, but there are different networks of the brain that need to hum together to give us that complex experience of gratitude. So interesting. So, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I could follow up on that a bit if you please it's not do. too long please of an do. answer. Okay, no, not at all. I love it. <laughs> so we imagine you have these networks, these different sections of the orchestra, if you will, and you've got one for empathy. Uh, you've got another network for understanding the value of things, for benefit, for reward, feeling rewarded. You have a network that's important for motivation and for um, making plans or taking action. Um, So the cool part isn't looking for that gratitude region, but really understanding how we can tune the symphony. How do we direct the symphony like a conductor to help increase gratitude since it, it does have so many health benefits, as you mentioned in your intro, other benefits to our relationships, to our society, So if we understand more about how these networks come together to support this experience, maybe we can figure out ways to um, help people get better at gratitude. Maybe uh, there are ways to increase the empathy um, towards someone else and recognizing that they're helping us. Maybe we, we can tune these networks to be better at recognizing the benefit we are getting in the first place. Or maybe we can tune this orchestra to be able to feel empowered to express gratitude. So I think it's really exciting to think of all the ways that understanding the way gratitude is wired up in the brain or supported in the brain as these various networks coming together can help us understand how to help people be more grateful. And to our listeners out there, you're listening to What's Health Got to Do With It on WJCT News 89.9. I'm Dr. Joe Servan, 
and we're discussing the health benefits of gratitude. If you have an idea for future shows, tweet me at jservin. Dr. Carnes, you have done some fascinating research uh, with functional MRI and other imaging looking at the brain and gratitude. So just to open it up for our listeners, how does gratitude impact the brain? Yeah, so I mentioned that gratitude is has this aspect of feeling good when we get something good, but I was interested in learning more about that aspect of gratitude where we're giving back and expressing gratitude. So I wanted to understand whether this is something that can change with practice. So what I did is I had, um, I recruited my participants and I began by having them do some baseline assessments and each person gets a brain scan in an MRI machine and they did some tasks to let us see how the brain responded. Um, using a technique called functional MRI, which lets us lets us look for the correlation of brain activity with certain events in the scan that are happening in the scanner. Um, so the important measurement for my study, the the important brain measurement, was the comparison between giving and receiving. So let me paint a picture so sure. it's a little bit easier to follow. So, the participants are looking at a screen when they're in the scanner and there's a digital piggy bank and they can see us make deposits into this piggy bank during the scan. So they're actually getting real money that they'll take home at the end of the day. Okay. And we had a different piggy bank for a local food bank and they can also see deposits getting made into that food bank's piggy bank during the scan. So what we can do because we have those two different events is we can compare each person's brain response when they receive money in their own piggy bank to that charity, that food bank receiving money. You with me so far? I, I'm with you. This is, I, okay. I'm just fascinated, but keep going. So now we have, by looking at that comparison, we have a measure of altruism. The more altruistic subjects have a brain that are uh, where their brain shows you a more positive response when the charity receives money than when you yourself gets the money. So we could see that um, variety in participants just in that baseline scan that the participants who um, are more altruistic with some other assessments and questionnaires that we did also show this brain response where their brain lights up more, if you will, right. when the, the charity is getting money than they, than they themselves get money. Wow. So, yeah. So the brain region where this response was measured, this altruistic response is called the ventromedial prefrontal cortex. Wow. And it's okay. located just above the um, optic nerve behind the eyeballs in those frontal lobes. And this region is, is a hub in a brain network that's important for experiencing a reward or uh, experiencing the value in something. So we used this brain region as our proxy for experienced reward. Okay. So now we know what people look like uh, at the baseline. Okay. So the next step was for each person, we flipped a coin to determine whether they would be in a gratitude journaling condition for three weeks or whether they would be in the control condition for three weeks where they would journal about neutral topics. So one group gets, gets prompted to uh, write about and consider things in their life that make them grateful, the okay. other just things in their life. So everybody then journals every day for three weeks and then we brought them back into the lab and did another brain scan. Okay. So we wanted to know whether that measure of altruism would change in the gratitude group. Because after all, if gratitude is, you know, just recognizing the good stuff we get, right. <laughs> maybe we'd have actually a more positive brain response to getting money in our own piggy bank. Um, but if it's true that gratitude motivates us to give back or to pay it forward, then the brain should re respond more positively to the charity getting the money. Make sense? It makes sense so far. Uh, so, so what did that gratitude journaling group show? Well, 
what we found is that on average, the, the folks that were randomly assigned to do a gratitude journal every day for the three weeks increased that altruistic response in their brain at the second scan. So oh. what we were seeing is that the gratitude journaling did change the way the brain was responding. Um, and the increase was in the ventromedial prefrontal cortex, that region I mentioned before, that's a hub in the reward network. And I was just was so excited about that result because now there was evidence that practicing gratitude actually changed the way the brain responded um, to altruism. You know, it increased altruism and charitable giving, um, if you will. So it wasn't just that we're all born a certain way to be grateful or less grateful, but you can actually change the way the brain responds. This is absolutely fascinating. And, and I guess I, uh, my, my next question is, okay, I, I, I see the benefit of, you know, this gratitude journaling, which is something I need to do after listening to this, <laughs> but are there other habits or things people can do that also may benefit or give you that type of benefit? Do we know? Nope. It's just journaling. That's the only way. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, gratitude journaling is the tried and true method. It's easy to do. It's been researched quite a lot. If you like to journal, definitely incorporate a gratitude practice into your journaling. Um, we know it works. But guess how often I do that? Okay. <laughs> I'm not a journaler. You know, there are lots of other creative ways to incorporate gratitude practice into your life. So little things I do, I send texts to myself as a way to log grateful thoughts and moments. Um, and so when I scroll through the texts I've sent to myself, I get to remember all these nice things or, um, you know, remember that that people care about me. Uh, I do things like take pictures and save them to a gratitude album on my phone. Uh -oh. uh, so I try to just incorporate it into my busy life. Uh, when you're taking a walk, you know, take a minute to, um, you know, consider uh, the things you're grateful for, the people who do good, good things for you. And pretty soon, walking just becomes uh, an exercise in gratitude. So, you know, remember, it's not necessarily how we practice it. It's just that we that we do practice it that that really matters. But um, Pro tip, it's really important yes, that when yes. we're practicing gratitude, we don't just focus on ourselves and all the good stuff we get, but that we focus on the intent of others, other social agents who do good for us. Otherwise, it's not really gratitude, it's self-congratulation. That's not necessarily a bad thing to do, um, but it isn't um, gratitude practice. I, I love these uh, these tips. Let, let me ask you a specific uh, one. You know, a lot of folks say smile, even if you're not happy or you're feeling especially joyful, but smile because that may change your outlook and change the outlook of others. Do simple acts like this, even without the feeling of gratitude, do they help develop gratitude, saying thank you or smiling, even if you're if you're not really feeling it or meaning it? Mm, that's tough. That's a tough one. So I do agree there's some good evidence about there out there about the, the smiling helping you feel happier. Um, I don't think there's that same evidence out there for gratitude. I think faking gratitude might kind of be a gratitude killer. That would be okay. my hypothesis sure. <laughs> because you know, gratitude needs to be authentic. Mm -hmm. um, now, this doesn't mean you can't um, find things to be grateful for. So I don't know if you get a truly ugly sweater for a Christmas <laughs> present, but someone someone meant well, you can still find something to feel authentically grateful for, like that they spent time knitting for you or that you're grateful for their friendship. Um, and so when you're saying thank you, it's authentic, um, but maybe you're not actually feeling like the sweater's that great. Um, I have a closet. So, no, full. you know, we don't, we, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, no, I said I have ahead. a closet full of those sweaters. So that's, so, but go ahead. Yeah. Now we have these ugly sweater parties to go to. Yes, so we yes. can, we can be extra happy when we get a 
a really ugly sweater, but <laughs> um, so I think authenticity really matters for something like gratitude, but it doesn't mean we can't practice doing that thinking, that cognitive effort to find things to be grateful for when it, it might be hard at first glance to find that. Completely understand. Uh, let me ask a, a couple others that kind of pertain to this. Does the state of yourself physically, uh, whether you're uh, what you're eating, uh, whether you've eaten for that matter, um, uh, whether you're exercising, do they impact gratitude? Do you have to be of good health, if you will, uh, or practicing good health in order to feel gratitude? Uh, no, of course not. You you don't have to feel well to feel grateful. In fact, if we think about authentic gratitude, it's usually because someone saw we needed something right. and took some action to help us feel better. And so sometimes when we're feeling the most vulnerable, it's actually an opportunity to experience the most gratitude. Um, there's lots of evidence out there getting to your question about um, exercise and, and um, eating well. You know, good health in general brings joy to life. It, it helps you um, do the things you want to do. Um, but I don't think they're necessary for experiencing gratitude. What about uh, gratitude in the face of a tragedy? Let's say, um, you know, a loved mm -hmm. one has passed away or, or other losses. Uh, there's been so many during COVID and the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. how, does, does gratitude get canceled because of those feelings of mm. grief if you will i guess that's what i'm uh, or can can you have gratitude even in the face of intense grief mm. um yeah this is is so individual um so i lost my mom quite recently i'm sorry after, to hear that thank you yeah after her long illness with um with cancer and uh, i miss her terribly and I'm sad and I'm I'm in the midst of grieving and I am not grateful for the cancer. Um, I'm not sure. grateful for her illness or her suffering at all. I think it's healthy to feel the actual loss, um, but I, I'm grateful for her and I'm grateful for all the good things she brought to me in my life, right? So um, I'm grateful for the medical teams doing what they could to let her have more time with us. I'm grateful to my dad for his care of her. Um, and, and maybe me just acknowledging this is kind of something raw and recent and personal in this forum is my way of trying to give back that it might help someone feel that they aren't alone if they're not, you know, really feeling like this is a grateful time in their life. Sure. Uh, so there's there's a place for sadness and anger and fear and all those human emotions that help us find our way in life. Um, and there's a time and a place for gratitude. So cultivating and practicing gratitude um, is a way to find balance and align ourselves with the things that make life sweet. Um, but it doesn't mean that we should be in a constant state of gratitude completely understand that. And I am so sorry about your mom, but uh, on, on this Thanksgiving holiday, uh, let me ask you this question for our listeners. And, and I'm always interested, uh, as I hear it from others, what are you grateful for this year? I, I think Thanksgiving for me often just brings up gratitude for, you know, reconnecting with people that maybe I haven't um, been able to spend time with or family I haven't spent time with recently, you know, the holidays can can sometimes bring people together. So I'm usually um, grateful for the effort that others make in, you know, traveling or um, showing up and, and putting some effort into that reconnection. Um, so that's just one thing. I also love Thanksgiving meal <laughs> and some delicious <laughs> yes. food. So yes. always be grateful to your chef. <laughs> I love it. That is terrific. Mr. Postman. It's time to open up our social media mailbag. Our director, Isabella De Silva, is here with questions from our listeners for our experts. Isabella, what do we have today for our questions? Kylie from Phoenix. Is thankfulness or gratitude a learned behavior? 
I know that several members of my family are pessimists. Does practicing gratitude change a pessimist into an optimist? This is a fascinating one, Dr. Carnes. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Kylie, for that question. That's great. Um, so yes, gratitude is a learned behavior, meaning that we can practice to get better at it. Um, but I do also think it comes naturally to everyone. We just have to learn to kind of tap into that. Um, so would practicing gratitude potentially change a pessimist to an optimist? You know, I'd say if they want to change, then yes, <laughs> maybe that's me being optimistic, but um, we we can change our mindset with practice. Um, but I don't think my pessimistic friends and relatives would appreciate it if I tried to change them. Uh, so really all I do is try to do what's best for me. And I know I feel better and healthier and um, better mental health when I practice gratitude. I think there's a place in this world for pessimism too. <laughs> I love it. That, that I like the balanced answer there. Appreciate that. <laughs> Isabella, what else do we have? Marta from San Diego, California. What role, if any, does exercise play in gratitude? Dr. Cards, I know uh, everyone who, who seems to be exercises always has all those good endorphins that makes them feel better. How does this mm-hmm. play a role in gratitude? I think those endorphins are fantastic. And um, if you're feeling better overall, you have more energy to work on improving the things you want to improve. So to work on practicing gratitude. So I don't think there's like necessarily an automatic increase in gratitude when we exercise, but there is a lot of health benefits, increased energy, um, maybe an increased positive mood. And so if then you want to harness those resources to harvest them <laughs> since it's right. Thanksgiving, but if you want to harvest those and, <laughs> and practice gratitude, I think putting them together, you don't, th- I don't think you could go wrong with that. There's benefits to both. You get extra points for the pun. I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mom joke. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Isabella, next question. Hector from Miami. There has been so much written about the health consequences of systemic racism in medicine and other areas of society against certain groups. When facing an oppressor, whether implicit or explicit, does this negate any benefits of gratitude? Uh, Dr. Carnes, this is a fascinating one. Uh, so, so when you're when you're being oppressed in some way or another, and this has come up a lot in in all our discussions mm-hmm. about inequities and in health and other areas of society, uh, does does that negate gratitude? Uh, Yeah, I think Hector brings up such an important point, and it does come up a lot in discussions about gratitude, too, in this sense, like if we're just trying to be grateful, does that mean that we're less likely to take action or that we might be uh, more complicit in oppression and things like that? So um, I guess what I think is appropriate anger injustice is normal and it can motivate change. It's, you know, anger is a, is a motivating force. Um, it takes a lot of energy and courage to make change. Um, so in my opinion, I think gratitude is an asset that can bring us closer together with our support systems. Uh, we need that support and energy when we're facing an oppressor and we need to be able to fill our cups up again if we've emptied ourselves out striving for change. Um, So I think gratitude can be a complement to social change by by bringing us together with other people that can help us accomplish those goals. Um, And those goals are often motivated by appropriate anger at injustice. I guess we have time for one more question. And Isabella, what is that question? Jeremy from Tucson. One area that has always fascinated me is how music impacts mood. It seems when I listen to certain songs, it can lift me up and others can make me feel bad. What role does music play in gratitude, if any? It's another fascinating one, Dr. Carnes. What a great bunch of listeners you have. Yeah, I love that question from Jeremy as well. Yeah. Uh, What role does music play in gratitude? I'm thinking... I'm thinking about that earlier metaphor at the beginning that I was using about the symphony and different brain networks coming together in um, a certain state that supports gratitude. So music that is uplifting, that 
is connecting you know the the expression in music is helps us connect to other people and their ideas and experiences so i think certain kinds of music could definitely help bring some of those networks into play you know when we're um, to allow us to experience a grateful state and similarly with music that you know makes you feel bad um, to use jeremy's words it would be potentially um, putting the brain in a state that would be contrary to gratitude so music is a great way that we can help control our moods when sure. we, we might not just be able to pop into a state of happiness or, or gratitude but putting on that favorite tune um, can definitely help get us in alignment with a different state and i'm going to let that be our last uh message uh and point for our discussion dr Carnes. thank you so much for joining us today this has been so informative and and just a true honor to have the chance to to talk to you about gratitude. Uh, we, we totally appreciate it. And happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really grateful for the work you're doing to spread good health and understanding of gratitude. We really appreciate it. We've been talking to Dr. Christina Carnes. She's an assistant research professor at the Center on Brain Injury Research and Training in the Department of Psychology at the University of Oregon in Eugene, Oregon. And up next, our show staff and others at WJCT and our families and listeners share their reasons for gratitude this holiday season. We'll be right back. Dr. Joe Servin, and this is what's health got to do with it. Given that we've just heard about the health benefits of gratitude, I and the entire staff of this show thought well, we would practice a little bit of medicine today using the magic of audio to share a compilation of what we are grateful for this year. The voices you hear are those of WJCT staff, their families, and you the listeners. This is our Thanksgiving gift to you. Hi, my name is Jeremy Moreno. I'm from Peoria, Arizona. And this year I'm grateful for all the people who are supporting me um, for my job, for my health, and for where I'm at in life, uh, about to graduate, and yeah, my health. I'm, think I'm thankful for my family. I am thankful for becoming a registered nurse. For over 35 years, I've cared for thousands of patients who have taught me so much about the human spirit and the love, strength, compassion, and joy of caring for others. It's a privilege to be a nurse and an honor to care for others as if they were your own family. I'm grateful for being nice to my friends and care for what people say and don't care if somebody bullied me, just tell the teacher and it will be okay. Hi, my name is Yasmin. Um, I am from Arizona, born and raised. Um, what I'm grateful for are my friends, family, Wi-Fi, God, um, most of all my life, happiness, and being blessed to have a roof over my head. But yeah. My name is Jason Jondovich. I'm from Tempe, Arizona. This year, I am very grateful to be in school and to be working and to be striving for my goals currently in my life. I'm grateful for um, all the support that I get 
from my friends and all of my family as well. And I'm looking forward to my last year of college and graduating with my degree. Thank you. I'm thankful for my grandma giving me toys. My name is Natalie Fox. I'm from Seattle, Washington, and this year I'm grateful for my friends, family, and my job. My friends help me be the best person I can be and help me get through the highs and lows of life. They bring me constant laughter and happiness that shines through in my words and actions. My family continually supports and encourages me to achieve all of my goals. They are always there for me no matter what I do. My job helps me learn more about medicine and reminds me how much I want to be a doctor in the future. I'm grateful for my class and Mrs. Alvin and Mr. Alvin. I'm thankful for food. My name is Ashley. I'm from Goodyear, Arizona, and this year I am most grateful for my husband and my kids. It's been a very busy year, but I've gotten to have good quality time with my family, which I'm very thankful for. I'm especially thankful to have been able to take a couple of trips together and to watch our kids enjoy new experiences. I'm also grateful to be finishing my undergraduate degree soon and for all the support from my incredible teachers, friends, and family and also for all the coffee and snacks that helped help me through. I'm grateful for my um, classmates. Hello, my name is Matthew Soto. I am from Phoenix, Arizona, and this year I'm grateful for a variety of things. This includes my family, friends, and overall experience I've shared with everyone. I'm thankful for my grandma and my uncle for being there for me when I needed help. I'm thankful for having a group of friends that I have grown up with and still maintain con in contact with. I'm thankful for my friends' family for taking me out on trips throughout the year and inviting me to their events. I'm also thankful for the new job that I have started. I'm grateful for my family. Hi, I'm Brendan Rivers, and I'm grateful for a lot of things. Top of that list would be my wife, my family, my friends, my health, but also my career, where I get to do things that feel really important and meaningful. My name is Kylie Nias. I am from Globe, Arizona, and this year I am grateful for my family, friends, and boyfriend. They always want what's best for me and are always there for me when they see me struggle. My boyfriend is so patient with me on days when I need it the most, making me cherish him that much more. He's the sweetest man I have ever met and goes above and beyond to make me feel appreciated, which no one ever has. Then there's my sister. My sister is my best friend for whom I will do anything as she would do the same for me. She's always there to listen to my problems and give me advice. I am truly blessed to have a sister like her. My name is Jenna Cortez Berry and I am from Gilbert, Arizona. And this year, I have so many things that I am grateful for, and among them are the gift of faith in God and all of His providential care. Like giving me a loving husband and family, a dog who is teaching me how to love, how to be loyal, and how to be devoted. I'm thankful for the grace to feel compassion about what others are going through, and being granted the grace to reach out and extend help and comfort the best I can. Thank you. Hi, my name is Gary. I am grateful for my family, my friends, for life, and for having opportunities to work towards a better and brighter future. I am thankful that I have great parents who take care of me and love me. Hi, my name is Kylie Lasota, and I am from Surprise, Arizona. And this year, I am grateful for the fact that I got accepted into physician assistant school and I can stop stressing about my application process and having to go through all of the steps of making sure everything is completed. And also the fact that I'm graduating uh, college this December with my bachelor's. And I would say I'm proud of myself because I did complete my undergrad in three and a half years versus the typical four. Um, and I'll be starting my master's program at 22 years old. So that's what I'm grateful for this year. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, my name is Karina Capozano. I am from Mesa, Arizona. And this year I am grateful for my family and friends, um, that I'm healthy, that I have um, food and clothes and all the essential things. I am grateful for being able to go to school and um, being able to pursue a career that I like. And just, I'm 
grateful for being alive and for everything I have. My name is Katie. I'm from Arizona. And this year, um, I'm very grateful for my new job. I'm a nurse, and I have been lucky enough to be hired at a facility. It is a residential facility, and it houses DCS and foster care kids while they're in um, in need of psychiatric stabilization. Um, this has been not only a huge blessing for me, but it's been a huge eye-opener as far as the mental health system in the state of Arizona um, as it applies to our adolescents and kiddos. And I'm very thankful for that. Also, um, for my two rescue dogs who are amazing and in great health. Thanks. I am thankful of the food that we get every single holiday. I'm thankful for my family, my friends, and my health. Hello, my name is Riley Benitez Gatet. I'm originally from Phoenix. Um, and I'm grateful for a lot this year. I have a lot to be grateful for, as I do every year. I have really been focused a lot this year on thinking about how lucky I am to have the problems that I do. A lot of people have it so much worse. I mean, I've had some car trouble this year and some of my family we've dealt with some health problems, but I feel like me and my loved ones are so lucky that this is what we focus on right now. This is the most challenging thing in our life right now. And sure, it is challenging sometimes, but we're so lucky that we have the means to try to address these things. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I feel really lucky. Hi, my name is Lily, and I'm 10, and I'm grateful for my family, my pets, my friends, and recess. Hello, my name is Angel Corolla. I am originally from Yuma, Arizona, but I currently live in Chandler, Arizona. I am grateful for a lot of things this year, um, with one being that I actually just quit a very toxic work environment and have found a job that I love. Um, I'm also thankful that I am on my junior year of ASU and I'm almost done with my major, meaning I'll be graduating in the upcoming year. I am thankful that everyone in my family is healthy and safe. I'm also really grateful that I've been able to, you know, focus more on myself and not be around toxic people and toxic environments. Uh, I am also very grateful that this year I have been able to focus on myself and I have been able to lose almost 50 pounds. Um, so it's been quite a great year for me this year and I am grateful for everything that has came my way and everything that is to come. I'm thankful for my cats. Hi, I'm Melissa Ross and this Thanksgiving, I am incredibly thankful for the health of myself, my family and friends, and for the chance to work at WJCT News, where we do our very best to bring you all the news and information you need to be an informed citizen here on the First Coast. Happy Thanksgiving. My great-grandfather did just recently pass away on the 6th, so me and my family have been mourning. So I did just want to say that I am grateful you know, for life, for being able to spend time with our loved ones. I'm grateful for my family. They're super supportive. I'm grateful for my education. Since I am first generation, it's very important for me to be able to graduate and make my family proud, as well as making myself proud since this is such a big milestone. I'm also grateful for all of the relationships that I've built in my life because I know that I'm not somebody that enjoys temporary people. So I'm, I'm grateful for the, the relationships that I've established and I hope that they do last a long while. Yeah, thank you so much and happy Thanksgiving. I'm grateful for Miss Irvin. Hi, my name's Belinda Booth. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, some things that I'm grateful for this year is my health, um, that I, you know, didn't really get sick at all and everything's been fine with any surgeries or anything that I've gone through this year for my family's health, that everyone's okay. Um, I'm really thankful to have a supportive family system in my life who's willing to help and push me to do my best. Um, I'm thankful to, for the opportunities I've received this year. I've gotten multiple jobs. Um, in the field that I wanted. Um, I've got my, uh, I'm certified pharmacy tech through the state, so I was pretty lucky to be approved for that. 
Um, and yeah, I'm really thankful for everything that plays out the way it does because I know there's a reason for it. I'm, I'm grateful for Miss Irvin. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Servin, and what I'm grateful for this Thanksgiving are three things. First and foremost, to be blunt, is health, my personal health. Of all the things I hear from everyone that I see as both as a doctor or as a host of this show, it reminds me of the importance that without health, you've got nothing. Besides health, I'm so grateful for my family. Without them, I couldn't do anything. Last, and certainly not least, I am so grateful for WJCT and the wonderful team that stands next to me every week as we put the show together with the goal of helping you all. With that, I wish you the happiest of Thanksgivings. Well, that's our program for today. We hope you've enjoyed our show. If you missed anything, you can listen to the full episode at WJCT.org and on your favorite podcast app. Thanks to all of our guests. Our executive producer is David Luckin. Heather Schatz is our senior producer. Isabella De Silva is our director. Next week's program is our monthly medical roundtable. If you have questions about this or any topic, let us know by calling us at 904-358-6362. Email us at health at wjct.org or tweeting me at jserbin. I'm Dr. Joe Serbin, and you're listening to What's Health Got to Do With It on WJCT News 89.9 Jacksonville. Thank you for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving weekend. We're grateful for you. Keep in touch. in part by Eli Lilly and Company. Is migraine impacting your life or daily activities four or more days per month? If so, ask your healthcare professional if you are a candidate for migraine prevention treatments and which ones might be best for you. Learn more at thinkmigraine.com and the American Brain Foundation. For over 30 years, the foundation has worked with researchers to discover better treatment, prevention, and cures for brain diseases and disorders. Imagine life without brain disease. Learn more at AmericanBrainFoundation.org and by the Epilepsy Foundation leads the fight to overcome the challenges of living with epilepsy and to accelerate therapies, stop seizures, find cures, and save lives. Visit Epilepsy.com to find out how to get involved today.